Welcome to We Need to Talk About Stuff, the show where we talk about men and women from history named Stephen. There have been many Stevens, Stefanis, Stefans, Stevies, Stefans, movies, TV, music, books, history, publishing. Stephen is one of the most powerful names that has ever existed. And this is a podcast dedicated to the men and women who have borne the name Stephen. Well, Michael, how are you? I'm pretty good. It's a nice day. Oh, it's a beautiful day to talk about Stephen. Yeah. It's such a wonderful day. It's uh, going to, I feel like the day will be ruined by talking about this Stephen, but. <laughs> yeah, this Stephen's a real, uh, a real party pooper, I think. Yeah, this guy's a masterpiece. Should we get into him? Yeah. All right. He's a rootin' tootin' friend of Putin, a real down-home a-hole like your daddy used to know. He's the co-founder of Breitbart Media and a disgraced presidential crony. He's a man Roger Stone once said needed to be introduced to soap and water. He is Steve Bannon! Wow. Well, you know, so far, most of the Stevens we've talked about have been kind of like entertainment figures. Yeah, but I mean, he kind of touches on entertainment, I guess, right? Strangely. I only learned this yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I guess Steve Bannon is technically a Hollywood guy. I mean, he's also kind of responsible for like the number one piece of entertainment in America right now. Yes, that's true. That being the president yeah. of our United States. The worst and best reality show ever that My everyone cannot God. peel their eyes away from. Normally, I think, you know, sometimes Trump comes up, as he does in everyday life for everyone, but I think normally we try to steer clear of harping on him. Yeah. This is not going to be that episode. Yeah, I mean, he comes up every once in a while in our conversations just because, like, oh, Steven Seagal reminds me of Donald Trump or whatever. It's kind of hard to ignore him. I mean, talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah. He's the president, and it's crazy. And this is the guy who's responsible. Yeah, he's hugely responsible for him. Majorly. And And he tried his hand, and this is like... You know, a lot of people uh, put the... I mean, uh, there's blame all to go around. But people were talking about Sarah Palin kind of being the precursor to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Just kind of this person who seems like they have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're half celebrity in a weird way. Yeah. And he worked on, like... I think he worked on her campaign. Or, like, he made a documentary about her to try to push her. He thought that... Steve Bannon thought that Sarah Palin was the, like, the key to bringing this like new form of nationalism and populism to America. <laughs> yeah, that really just puts you in his mindset. If yeah. you could see someone who looks at Sarah Palin as like a messiah sort of figure. Yeah, this like genius message bringer or whatever. Yeah, and she's just a fucking twerp moron. Like, Yeah, she quit her governorship to be on a reality TV show. I think that is the genius of Steve Bannon. Um, he's figured out that he can take people who are so like nakedly stupid mm-hmm. and ignorant and like find a whole swath of society that like will look up to them for right. whatever reason because they're straight shooters or like they have no polite bone in their body and people respect that yeah he seems from what i've uh learned about him he seems like a pretty smart guy pretty well read but i think and he definitely has an ideology but i think his best asset is like being able to read the population mm-hmm. and he he knows how to like sell a trump or a palin i mean i guess he failed with palin but like he knows how to sell these people mm-hmm. to that like 
really loud minority, you know? Yeah, well, I guess we should discuss then. Steve Bannon probably knows this because he is one of the co-founders of Breitbart, which is a super right-wing yeah. um, media, fake, like, legitimate fake news company. Yeah, and they are, um, you know, they, like, kind of rail on the mainstream media or the lamestream media. Yeah, so let's get it right. Yeah, that, it's the lamestream. <laughs> that puts their message out to all the sheeple. Mm-hmm. But... They were saying so. I listened to this uh, audiobook, of course, <laughs> and I'm sure you can guess who read it. Yeah, was it Stone Cold? Yeah, it was. Oh man, that and it was my favorite narrator. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. Well, it was called The Devil's Bargain, and it was just kind of a cash grab book written by some guy. Like all these other books that came out, that was kind of like a retrospective on the election and sure. stuff like that. You know, it came out like late 2016 or whatever like right after the election Mm -hmm. um and they were talking about steve bannon's time at breitbart and their whole thing was we are news but like with a purpose so they are like unabashedly trying to push an agenda yeah to push their agenda yeah well one of the funniest things i've ever read about breitbart is that like if you think they're a legitimate news site all you have to do is go on there and realize they have a black crime section and then ask yourself does any other news outs (laughs) does any other news outlet separate crime by race no they (laughs) don't no they just cover crime period yeah i mean it's like it should be i mean we need some laws in this country where like on the title page of the on the front cover of the magazine or the newspaper or on the TV show mm-hmm. it says this is entertainment yeah this is an opinion show yeah. this is not to be taken for a fact masquerading as news yeah yeah absolutely well it's funny like fox news famously is registered as an entertainment company they do not have like any of the paperwork in order to be a news mm-hmm. organization but it says fox news in their name yeah like it's like fox there needs news to be like entertainment <laughs> yeah there needs to be a like federally regulated thing that says if you use the word news you know like you get an fcc violation if you lie a certain amount of times or yeah. whatever oh yeah if you can be fact-checked independently and proven to be just full of shit. Like, yeah. there should be a penalty for that. Yeah, you lose the news. Or moniker. you can just be really upfront about the fact that you are not a news show, like The Daily Show, and yeah. you're just like, we're just going to, like, skewer headlines mm-hmm. or, like, give our take on it. Whether it's The Daily Show left take or the insane frothing. Yeah, what was that? Spittle flecking of Sean Hannity. What was there? Was like a right uh, Fox right wing show that tried to be The Daily, the Daily show. show? Well, this is the best part of this whole thing is conservatives are never funny people no they're not they're because you know why because you have to be dumb no and you also <laughs> like, there's no also, weight there you have to punch up like as a uh, like mm-hmm. normal people or whatever liberal comedians they always like punch up at people who are like above them and stuff like that yeah you know like conservatives are always going after like poor people in their comedy yeah that's right well it's a bullying kind of man they don't see it that way right or they have a black crime section and they're like hey we're just pointing this out like yeah this is because no one else is gonna point it out why are you reading into it i don't know i'm just i'm just putting facts out there do facts hurt your feelings yeah are you getting your feelings hurt well that's what it is it's like they pick on they pick on people who have it harder than them and that's never funny yeah you know what i mean or it's just really lame like you know middle of the country judeo-christian comedy which is yeah i mean do i have to explain why that's not funny yeah it's the same with like christian rock like do i have to explain to anyone why that's fucking lame well i mean that's like people who think donald trump is funny 
Yeah, I think he's maybe exactly. said two funny things ever. It's like just because you say something mean doesn't mean it's a joke or funny. Yeah, the guy can speak off the cuff. He just he sounds like an idiot, and half the time he's making fun of like a retarded person or something. Yeah. Like real funny. Yeah, super I know. funny. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, he did one thing though that was pretty funny where he was making fun of Marco Rubio for how he drank water, and Donald <laughs> Trump just started splashing water all over the place. He's like, "Look, I'm Rubio." <laughs> started like throwing water everywhere. Yeah, I mean, like there's like that. He got lucky, right? Like, he gets lucky, we'll and s- also because he was punching up at a a senator. You know, well, that's it. That's the key difference. It's like if you're if you're gonna reach across to someone equally as powerful, or you're making fun of another senator or like a political opponent. Go as hard as you want, I guess. I mean, that's just part of being a politician. Yeah. Um, where he loses me is where he's just shitting on people who don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the whole non-humor side of him that's just a liar and a traitor and right. all this other awful stuff. But the humor part, it's like, no one wants to see you fucking, like, push a guy in a wheelchair over. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's like, that's not funny. And because it's funny watching him try to get back in the chair. Right. Exactly. Ugh. Um, so where did Steve Bannon start with the Trump thing? You know, I think it must have come from Breitbart because reading Steve Bannon's biography in brief, uh, it sounds like he started out as a Navy guy in the seventies. He was a Lieutenant and I think through the eighties and then he left that and took the classic route from Navy guy to investment banker. Right. He went to, (laughs) well, he went to Harvard as kind of an older guy. He was like 29 or something Mm -hmm. to get his master's. This is probably where all this resentment comes from. I think. And then he ended up getting a job with Goldman Sachs. And then becoming the VP. Did he become the VP at Goldman Sachs? That's what I read. Yeah. In pretty short order too. Yeah. Like he really rose up fast. And then I guess he... Left Goldman Sachs and kind of started his own boutique investment company called Bannon & Co. Uh Uh-huh. And this is where my favorite piece of Steve Bannon trivia comes in, which is that he he got into, like, entertainment investing. And this is what brought him to Hollywood. But one of his, like, biggest deals was he secured a negotiation deal for Castle Rock, Mm -hmm. the, uh, the production company or distributor, whatever they are. And instead of taking an investment fee, he took a percentage of Seinfeld. Right. And then and got, he made a ton of fucking money, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And it, a few other shows, I think, right? Yeah, I think it was five shows in total under the Castle Rock portfolio. And instead of any money, he's like, just give me a cut of like, you know. Right. And what I, when I was listening to that book, they talked about it. And what surprised me most about that was that it was in season three and Seinfeld wasn't even popular at that point. That's the best part. So he's like, oh, I'm going to take money on this. Like, he, like, it's like, this is what makes me think Steve Banner probably is like, has a great sense of humor and he's like this show's fucking hilarious <laughs> and i like it's gonna catch on for sure say what you will about all of his other stuff yeah but he he's seems got, like, he got seinfeld yeah, for sure. <laughs> before a lot of people i know did. rob reiner was like really pissed about it because well, i think he owns castle rock oh it yeah might be, i think that might be rob reiner's I, company i think you're right actually yeah well what's funny is another thing reading through steve bannon is that he appears to be a real fucking anti-semite yeah. Although he denies it, but all these people that know him, like all of his ex-wives, yeah, say is... all this awful shit that have like that's come out of his mouth. About yeah, in Jews. that well, in that book, they never said anything about his marriages or anything because it was kind of more business based about him. Right. So I was like, man, this guy's never been married, and it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But then scrolling through the Wikipedia, he's had three wives, he has three kids, mm-hmm. and the last wife, in their divorce filing, she said that. 
ban and she wanted to send her girl uh, her daughters to some school called the archer school i think mm-hmm. and he told her like i don't want you to send our daughters there because there's a bunch of jews there and they just train their kids to be whiny brats <laughs> that's exactly what he said yeah. yeah which is strange because he's such a fucking whiny brat himself it's like your your kids are gonna grow up that way no matter what steven it's your oh fault. i didn't don't know Do- i didn't know donald trump was jewish <laughs> i know right? it's like all these people who are the whiniest most entitled fucking brats on earth i know well that's like with the white house correspondence dinner that happened last week it's like they're all complaining about how mean the comedian was and it's like oh was she a little too politically incorrect for you like where yeah. are like they, the way they can shift around about what they're mad about and what hurts their feelings? Well, that's but it's the classic bully mentality, right? It's like it's all fun and games until someone makes a joke about me, right? Well, and it's like you'll it's like you'll, totally not cool to talk like that, dude. Yeah, and you'll like, pants a kid, and then when he says your dad hates you, like now you get offended. Yeah, now you're being bullied. Like yeah. you can't go around making fun of mentally handicapped people and gays and black people and all this shit, and then the minute someone jokes about you. Act like you can't fucking believe somebody would. Well, the thing is, stoop so low. The, it's the like, thing where this is where you can tell what really gets to them is when it's true. When yeah. they make fun of you about something that's like absolutely true and it yes. cuts to the bone, yes. it's like no, you're not allowed to do that anymore. You can't tease me about that. Yeah. Well, it speaks volumes that the president didn't even show up to that dinner. Oh, that's his second one in a row he skipped. Too. I know. Well, that is the that is the site of his most famous humiliation by Obama when Obama just like ripped him a new one. I know. And then, but the problem is. That's what, like, everyone says. That's that what made, made him, him run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what turned him into the president. He's a real vengeance guy. He is. He was driven, like, exclusively by Obama's five-minute roast of him. Yeah, him and Seth Meyers. Seth Meyers, what did he say? He made some joke about Donald Trump. He's like, well, Fox isn't here, but there is a fox on Donald Trump's head or something like that. <laughs> and they were like, don't worry. If you don't eat all the food at your table, the fox on Donald Trump's head will finish it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. See, he deserves it, and that's the problem. He's such a fucking asshole that no matter what you say about him, he deserves it. And he sat there with a sourpuss on his face the whole time, and then after he got interviewed, he's like, it was great. I had a great time. Yeah. And you can totally tell that's how so like, much true. it hurt his feelings. There was a real roast of Donald Trump on Comedy Central, I think, and he did the same thing. Like, he has no sense of humor about himself. And for someone who is so great at throwing stones, like, he can't even take one pebble. No, well, he had written in the contract that the only thing, he said, you can make fun of my family, you can make fun of the way I look, but you cannot talk about how much money I have. Yeah. He's so obvious with his tell on how broke he is. Yeah. Like, it's it's so clear. Well, he had to have that guy, Michael Cohen, pay $130,000 to pay off Stormy Daniels. Instead of him doing it. I know. I love that. (laughs) That guy had to mortgage his house for him. He's like, will you please find the money for this? And like, Donald, that's only $100,000. And he's He's like, like, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. I know. I can't. You got to give me some time to come up with that. (laughs) Also, Donald, my paycheck has been late the past few months. Yeah. Well, he's just a guy who's coasting on fumes. Like, he... um, he basically hasn't had money since the early 90s, and it's all been a charade since then. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, I think that the whole thing with him running for president, too, he was hoping to lose and set up this, like, media company because he saw how well, like, it was working out. Like, oh, I can get a ton of viewers. Yeah, I'm selling he fucking merchandise. He wanted to be Fox 2.0. Like, yeah. that was his goal. And I'm sure Steve Bannon wanted him to set up as, like, harder nationalist Fox 
Yeah. You know. Alt Fox. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that it's it's pretty obvious when you look at Trump and the way he ran that campaign and the people he surrounded himself with, like the Breitbart, mm-hmm. Breitbart people, it's like that is clearly was their goal. No one there really planned on winning. And you can tell because they didn't have a plan for anything. All they did was get up there and talk shit about what everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. There was no like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It's like, she's a bitch. Yeah, I mean, He's he, a fucking idiot. He did say he was going to build a wall and Mexico was going to pay for yeah, it. Yeah, how's that working out? It's not. Yeah, great. And that's what we've all wanted for so long, right? It's like a trillion dollar wall that someone <laughs> can just climb over or under like they do already. And by the way, they're not fucking coming here anymore, Donald. No, like, and also they all Mexicans don't want to be here. You've made it clear that they're not welcome, and um, quite honestly, it ain't as nice as it used to be. Well, and also when people come into the country illegally, they fly in, they're on a visa, and then they overstay the visa. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing stopping a nice Mexican from driving up through the border, showing his ID, yeah, with their passport, and then just not going back. Yeah, that's how they do it. And I mean, if you think that's a problem, maybe just address that. But a wall is like the most cretinous, stupid thing. Well, and see, I think that's like the messaging stuff that Steve Bannon is good at and Donald Trump is good at is just latching on to these like quick little phrases that people it's like um, it's a visual thing. You know, mm-hmm. when they chant to lock her up or the emails, it's like these words just they stick in people's heads, you know? Yeah, exactly. And like with the wall that sticks in people's heads, they can visualize it. Donald Trump builds hotels, even though he doesn't really. Right. No. He just licenses his name out to it. Yeah. So it's like with Bannon, they're good at like the messaging part of the whole thing. Right. I think that's exactly right. And that's why it's such a populist appeal. Like any idiot can get their head around building a wall, you know, across the Mexican border. But a normal smart candidate, like their solution is so much more complicated. It's tough to put it into a catchphrase or like have someone visualize like, well, we need to work on the paperwork process and maybe the naturalization. (laughs) I mean, the nuances of healthcare are really (laughs) tough to wrap your head around. People's eyes just glaze over. But in reality, that's the way things have to be. Yeah. You want it to be complicated because it's really hard to do. Because it is complicated. Like complicated things need complicated solutions a lot of the time. Simple fixes in government aren't going to like work out longer than three months or something no it's like trying to perform surgery on someone with a fucking claw hammer it's like just building a wall is so ham-handed and stupid and that just goes across the board for all of what these guys want to do that every everything that they have like the muslim travel ban it's like what are you what 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 are you doing this is so stupid so that fits in with uh steve bannon's like ideology of the world right he Mm -hmm. is a pure nationalist he thinks that like the Knights Templar ending was the end of like the first uh, revolution of Christians in the world. Yeah. And he thinks that like Muslims are going to try to take over the world. Yeah, he does. And, you know, like anything else, there's a sect or a certain segment of that population that probably has those ideas. But guess what? There's clearly a sect of white Americans who have those <laughs> no. ideas, too. And you're the fucking problem, yeah, Steve and Bannon. you're the guy. You are like the white American ISIS Taliban guy. Yeah. You just have a different color and a different uh, religion behind you. But I you're know. just as much of an asshole. No, and he's like the guy who does the uh, recruitment. Yeah. You know, it's like guys like him are the reason Richard Spencer and... You know, those like alt-right Nazi weirdo guys are running around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a guy. Here's my my overall opinion of Steve Bannon. I'm not summing him up, but he seems like dangerously smart, but just a complete asshole. Like if you read the things he says, he's constantly quoting like classical literature and obscure film like he knows stuff. 
he just has developed this worldview that's really fucking xenophobic and mean. Yeah, so I think that he has like a really narrow like vision and like, or narrow field of knowledge. So it's like he's packed in all these like French nationalist writers that yeah. no one else has heard of or like hasn't delved into. So he sounds really fucking smart when he's educating you on it. Right. But it's like, yeah, but that all fits in this one just s- with that worldview. Yeah. Like if you could take a step back and like maybe read why that stuff doesn't make sense or it's wrong. Right. He like he's one tier out from having the proper perspective on everything. He's like an expert on nationalism and all this crazy decline of the Western civilization stuff. Like mm-hmm. he he's read everything that that has anything to do with that. But what he hasn't read is like anything that might go against that worldview. Yeah. Or or consider that like, you know, it's a bad idea to be a populist nationalist person. Like, we mm-hmm. don't fucking live in that world. Yeah. And if you want to, it's going to be a worse place. And it goes kind of against like all of American ideology too. That's it. And, and if, that's the thing. They'll like backtrack and be like, no, like if people come in here with American ideals, then we're fine with it. Right. But they're full of shit. They're full of shit. And you know what? It's just so short-sighted and stupid. And for people that are constantly pretending to defend like Western civilization – they're shitting all over Western values. Like the whole idea of free speech, of free press, freedom of religion, like a liberal democracy where everyone can be welcome. They're completely against all of that. Yeah. But yet they've painted themselves in this like, well, I'm standing up for Western yeah, well, civilization. Because they want it just for themselves and right. no one else. Right. Well, they don't really know what Western civilization is. I think they're just thinking of it as like white Christian American values. Like that's not, but that's not really all of Western civilization. Right. Values. And it also makes sense that all of those people who believe that live in areas of the country where no one else like that is different from them lives. Mm-hmm. And if you live in a big city where you're surrounded by people of different colors and backgrounds and stuff, yeah. then you're totally like, that's an insane worldview. It is Because insane. everyone gets along better. Like, everyone gets along fine right here, you know? It's totally fine. And that's not to say that some people, you know, have trouble accustoming themselves to this country when they move here, but that's anyone moving to any country, you know? And, like, you got to cut people some slack. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it takes time. It takes time, guys. And I think the last thing you want to do is be like, well, you're not fucking fitted in, so get the fuck out. And like, guess what? No one else from where you're from can come here either. Fuck you. Well, and it's funny because he grew up in like a very democratic, uh, John F. Kennedy-loving Catholic household. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting. I don't know what – I forget what it was that made him really cross over. I don't know if it was – there was – when he was in the Navy – it was when the Iranians, they took, like, 50 Americans hostage or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he kind of had all these, like, moments throughout his life that reaffirmed his beliefs on stuff right. like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like, I think a, no one of his age probably comes by their views without some sort of reasoning or life experience behind them, you know. And I think that a lot of the people that he identifies with or that identify with him in middle America, probably like their only interaction with a Muslim has been watching nine 11 or like, you know, Iraq yeah. war footage. So like, that's their opinion of it. Right. I mean, and then nine 11 made him really double down on it and was like, yeah, this is my mission forever. That was definitely a, a, a moment in history that either turned people crazy or, or made them like step, like dig in and be like, we gotta. This like, is a we, test. This is a test. <laughs> yeah. Even George W. Bush was like, "This is a test. We're treating our Muslim, like our Muslim friends right. We're not like 
Yeah. Because, I mean, like, you had, like, Sikh guys getting their heads bashed in in liquor stores in New York and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it's true, but, like, that's the president you want. I mean, say whatever you want about George Bush and the way he handled his job, but, like, at least that guy was up there saying, like, everybody, like, calm the fuck down. Yeah, whatever he believed, he still knew that, like, at face value, you have to do the American value thing. You have to. And, like, drive that home. And he might have gone to bed not really believing it. I don't know. We can never be inside of his head. But at least he had the common decency to, like... Tell everyone to be civil to each other and be like, you know what? Why don't you let the government handle this with the people who are really responsible mm-hmm. and not go down to the liquor store and punch out? Well, that's like <laughs> your local Donald Trump will try to do that. Like he'll wake up at 10 a.m. and do Twitter and he'll say, like, today on National Prayer Day, we have to all remember to be like kind to one another. And then like 30 minutes later, he's like, I didn't pay that bitch Stormy Daniels anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just a maniac. Yeah. Well, that difference, oh, he's a dumb dumb. He's a dummy. And that's the difference, I think, between Steve Bannon and Trump is that Trump is not a smart person. I think anyone with a brain in their own head can tell that. Yeah. Steve Bannon is just smart enough to be dangerous. Yeah. And to, like, know that he can capitalize on someone like Trump. Like, Trump, yeah. Steve Bannon has an end game, which is, yes. like, close off the country, let, and all the other countries, too, like, turn France back into France like make it a national like yeah. it's a nationalist place make America a nationalist place so that's like his end game and Donald Trump is just a way to get there I mean he thought that Sarah Palin and Michelle Bachman I think he like tried to run her campaign too he thought <laughs> that these people were like oh they're touching with something in Americans you know he had yeah. two like dry runs with those women and then found his guy in Trump and he loved Trump's like escalator speech i love trump always goes i took the he's like i remember i always say i took a deep breath before going down the escalator with melania (laughs) on like his campaign announcement speech when he said mexicans were rapists and right (sighs) and but steve bannon loved that he was like you don't have to give this guy a script he's good at just saying like he's a bullshitter and like that's his greatest talent is he doesn't he doesn't have to have a script, and you you can catch him off guard because he's dumb, but, like, he'll never think he's been caught off guard. Yeah. He thinks everyone's stupider than him, and he can just, like, you know, real estate slick talk his way out of shit. Right. It always makes me wonder if he ran as a liberal, what his, uh, like, what would the buzzwords be for that, you know? Because it's like, yeah. you can see him going any way. It's just like, who thinks I'm popular? Who likes me? Yeah. Well, and then I'll go with that because you know... Donald Trump, deep down, does not like the people that are his supporters. Yeah, and he has nothing to do with them. He's from, like... He's a born and bred rich New York guy. I know. Like, what the fuck does he know about any of this redneck shit? He doesn't like them at all. And he doesn't, like... I don't think he wants to be loved by them. He wants to be loved by Beyonce and shit. Yeah, well, that's, like, his whole problem is that he's always wanted respect from people who do run in the elite circles and are respectable, and he's never had it because he's a fucking knuckle dragger and a loud mouth <laughs> but he's like water flowing downhill at the easiest you know going the easiest way of the path of least resistance and what he's found is like well this dumb idiot that rides a tractor all day thinks i'm cool mm-hmm. so well, maybe- he's that guy that's like they say um you know he was born on third but thinks he hit a triple right <laughs> yeah exactly he's like yeah that's such a good way of putting it he really thinks he did it all himself yeah there's an interview with him where he's talking about like it has he has he always talks about his good genes, which is just such a yeah I don't know old who, who school kind of that? Nazi talk thing too. <laughs> yeah, but he's saying good breeding. But he was saying that 
you can't teach people how to putt in golf. And it's like, I think... What? I think that's like the one sport that you can teach yeah. someone to be good People at. make a lot of money teaching people how to yeah. putt. Like, it's a real thing. But he thinks he was just born with this, like, with a putter God-given <laughs> putter gene. He was born with something. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a fucking maniac. An absolute maniac. But it is funny that, like, the only people who think he's cool are complete imbeciles. Complete morons. And, like, that's who would look up to this guy because anybody else would be like this guy can barely get a sense out of his mouth he sounds like a confused idiot he struggles so much yeah and so he's managed to dupe people who have no experience with like you know intelligent people in intelligent Mm -hmm. circles who are articulate and know what they're talking about no and i'm sure that in all his business meetings and stuff he'd always have people talking for him yeah i'm sure he would probably talk with his handler and say look this is what i think we should do and they're like okay donald we'll We'll handle that. And then they go into the boardroom meeting, and then his handler or whatever, the vice president of yes. Trump Industries, would then explain to people totally. what really has to happen with their business. Well, there's no doubt in my mind that he's the kind of guy that like takes credit for everything his employees do, and but probably does nothing himself. Oh, yeah. Like, could, honestly, completely honestly, can you look at this guy as well as we know him now and imagine him closing any kind of a deal no. with anyone who's serious or important. No, at and all. they would probably rip him off so bad. If he did yeah. do a deal, it's like he gets something for a year out of it, but doesn't realize that over the span of 20 years, they're making way more money off of him. Exactly. Like, this guy's so inarticulate and bad at what he does. He literally couldn't close the deal with me to paint my bathroom if he tried his best. Yeah. He couldn't do it. Because I'd be like, this guy's a stupid fuck. Like, <laughs> this is not going to go well. I'm just going to find someone else. And then, but think about, like, you know, he's building massive hotels in, like, Dubai and all these places. Like, he's not the fucking guy. No, he's not building And also, I don't think he's building it. No, he's, you know, like you said, he's licensing it yeah. out. But then parading around, like, pretending that he's in yeah. charge of all these big real estate Well, he projects. did also brag that when the World Trade Centers were knocked down, I think the day of or the day after, and he's like, well, you know, now Trump Tower is the tallest building in downtown New York. Which I also don't think is true. I know. It wasn't even well, true. Well, I think it was in downtown. Oh, so like Not the specific... In the, right. Just like in that zip code. Okay, Donald. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great. Fucking prick. But that's the kind of person he is, right? Like, he sees 9-11 and thinks, now mine's the biggest. He also lied about, like, Muslims chanting in the streets of New, York, <laughs> of New Jersey or something. Right. It never happened. Never happened. Fucking moron. Um, but more on Steve Bannon... Who again? Like we warned you guys, Trump was going to come up. <laughs> no, and we're it's sorry. really hard. Yeah, like we're it's sorry. it's so hard. It's like there's a bunch of water behind a door pushing on it, and the minute you crack it, the whole flood just comes out. Like I know, and I don't. Want, I feel like I've talked about him so much and thought about him so much that I don't want to. It's a nice like change to at least be like, oh yeah, I, I forgot about Steve Bannon because he was fired a little while ago. Yeah, and you know I don't mean to offend any of our Trump supporter listeners by saying that if you like him, you're an idiot. But if the shoe fits. I guess you just got to lace that bitch up and walk to town. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Anyways, so Steve Bannon's surprising. What I didn't know is that he was a movie executive and producer for like 16 years. That shocked the shit out of me. um, If I heard correctly in this book, The Devil's Bargain, um, he kind of figured out basically movie studios at that time in the early 90s didn't know how to value themselves. So, like, when they were being sold or stuff like that, they were getting way less money than they should have. Yeah. And I think that Steve Ban- Bannon and some people figured out um, that the making movies part isn't 
where they're where their true value lies. It's in their whole libraries of things. Right. So he found out that you could figure out the value on like, oh, you have this huge DVD movie library mm. that will be sold in perpetuity to TV networks and on DVD and stuff like that. Yeah. And he like figured out that way of bringing like true values so that when they sold their companies, they can make way more money. Yeah. So he has like a knack for going into a place and telling someone, your business is fucked. You guys have no value here. Mm-hmm. And or figuring out like, oh, you guys have a lot more money than that you, than you think you do. Interesting. So he's got a real jack for the ningles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows he's got like a special talent. Yeah. Good for him. I wish he would just stay in that shitty realm. There's so many shitty people working in Hollywood. At least they belong there and they're not really bothering anyone. Yeah. But then it's like he see this is his whole thing of being able to pin dum dums is that he started with his entertainment company. He, he made two movies. One was The Indian Runner and one was Titus. And Titus is like a movie with Anthony Hopkins based on Titus Andronicus, the Shakespeare play. Hmm. But then he started making crazy right wing documentaries and um, religious documentaries. So he knows, like... Always the most entertaining documentaries. Well, there's always going to be a market and an audience for them. Whether they're good or not, or whatever, you know there's always going to be 10 million people who will go out and buy it, at least. Well, again, it just shows his ability to tap into people who feel like they're not represented or there's no entertainment for them. It's like, one time Mike and I watched a Kirk Cameron Christmas documentary that was like all about... it wasn't a documentary. It was a narrative... Oh, yeah. It was was a movie. It was like... But Kirk Cameron, it feels like a documentary because Kirk Cameron introduces it at the beginning. Yeah, and he's like sitting in front of a Christmas tree and it's basically like a Make America Great Again, but like a Make Christmas Great Again. It's like a response to the very real war on Christmas that's going on. Right, and I think most of it was railing against like being so excited about presents and it should be more about being quiet and thinking about Jesus, yeah. which is like, yeah, good luck selling that, buddy. No one him gives and, a shit. Him and his friend, what was that guy's name? Like Ray something? Mm. Kurt Cameron would make these videos kind of like going against Richard Dawkins and stuff, like at the rise of the right. like the atheist YouTube videos. What a great matchup. I know, and his buddy Ray had this video called... His buddy Ray. <laughs> His buddy Ray had this video called The Atheist's Nightmare. And it was him oh, yeah. him holding a banana and Checkmate. saying <laughs> uh, uh, him holding a banana and showing that because bananas fit perfectly into a human hand and they have a little tab at the top like a soda can mm-hmm. that they were made by God for us to for grub. humans to grub on. Checkmate atheists. <laughs> totally also forgetting that it's like what also wasn't like Bananas known for like apes and monkeys eating them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that like bananas have been totally bred to, <laughs> to be that to way. look that way. And, and also, like, if you're way. trying to distance yourself from the idea that we're similar to monkeys and related to monkeys, maybe choose something other than a banana to I make know. your point. Because <laughs> like this is actually this is the atheist wet dream. Really, yeah, I know. It's like I That's know all... they love bananas. We love bananas. Like it's like whenever I come in my sleep, I'm always like thinking banana <laughs> monkey. Yeah, I'm always thinking about like. Um, you know, our favorite topic, which is how similar is gorilla DNA (laughs) (laughs) to human DNA? I'm always thinking about my buddy Ray. My good old buddy Ray. Um, Well, it seems like that's the kind of stuff Bannon made. It's like Dinesh D'Souza documentaries, too. It's just like, what if liberals took over? Or like, what if the Confederacy never lost? Like, did you know that there was never such a thing as slaves? 
It's like, oh, wait a minute, what the fuck like, are you talking about? That's like Kanye's new thing, too. Did you see that? Yeah, Kanye is a big Trump guy now, I guess. He seems like he's mentally ill. No, this is like the perfect Trump supporter, though. This is like, this nails it. It's like, you're an egomaniacal, bitter, probably wealthy person. Yeah. Or maybe not wealthy. I guess that doesn't factor into it. But you're just basically a maniac who yeah, loves, I, like, people saying crazy shit. He might have, like, bipolar or something. They're similar guys. Like, they're both completely self-obsessed, stupid yeah. people. yeah. Yeah. They're all self-taught, too. Yes. They'll never listen to anyone smarter than them. Nope. So, Steve Bannon, this is one of his... I don't know if this ever got made into a documentary, but he wrote... In 2007, he wrote an eight-page treatment for a new documentary called Destroying the Great Satan, The Rise of Islamic Fascism in America. Uh-huh. So, yep. these were the kind of things he was making. I think he also... He made a Palin documentary... You know, I think this is just called fear-mongering. It is fear-mongering, and, but it's also all uh, politically motivated. So it's like, I'm sure they're all tied to come out during an election season or yeah. something like that. Totally. Well, he is one of these guys that can play, I hate this this cliche, but like a little bit of maybe 2D chess or something where he's like, well, I can release this and it'll benefit me over here. Yeah. Like the goal isn't just to release the movie, in period. It's like he's going to release it and gain something else mm-hmm. in an unforeseen area where he has business interests right um so i will give him credit for that you know he's a little manipulative no i think he's a very like smart tactician in that way for sure he is i think his tactician he was like branded as a tactician for the first year of trump's presidency because obviously i don't think most of us expected him to win and a lot of the credit for that went to steve bannon in the way he ran that campaign but then it all fell apart because he started backing like pedophiles in alabama like roy moore and all this other shit and it just oh, yeah. got Did ugly. he campaign for Roy Moore? Hard. And Roy Moore lost, and it was like a big black eye for Steve Bannon. See, that's the problem with these guys, too, is he's probably way better suited to be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like what you were saying in the intro when Roger Stone said he needs to be introduced to soap and water. Right. <laughs> it's like these guys, they can't help it, though. They have such an ego. Yeah. Where he's like, no, I want to be on a stage talking. Yeah. And it's so it's like he would probably always used to do stuff behind the scenes or at small conferences. Yeah. Where it's all kind of insiders. Yeah. You know what he reminds me of, I guess, when you put it like that, is he's kind of like a low-rent Dick Cheney. Yeah. It's like you're very unlikable and you look like you might be like a, a suit full of worms with a mm-hmm. zipper in the back. So maybe you should stay off camera <laughs> and like not talk. But you can plan for these other people who have a little bit more panache. Yeah. Or there is that Carl Rove guy, right? Or Carl Rove is another one of yeah. these guys. Yeah. It's like, like just you're a, a pure strategist. You're just a strategist. Just do that. You you're don't... a Sith Lord. You're the Sith Lord with the nutsack face <laughs> at the hood. It's like Whoa, oh, fucking man. Steve Bannon, that picture of him on Time magazine. Ugh. And I think that was like one of the things that got him fired is because he took credit. first of all, Donald Trump hates slobs. Yes. And I think Roger Stone was saying, no, no, yeah, because it was called like the great manipulator. Mm-hmm. And they like made it up to be like Steve Bannon is really the president. Like he's the one calling the shots. Nothing could be better. For- but Roger Stone or someone was saying, you can tell Donald Trump really likes Steve Bannon. Because Donald Trump gets mad at people if they have, like, ill-fitting suits or, like, look dumb or have a mustache he or whatever. He hates John Bolton's mustache, yeah. yeah. But Steve Bannon would come to work in flip-flops, cargo pants. What? At the White House? I think so. Oh, my God. And so I think I'm saying, getting a little respect for this guy. That's kind of cool. So he likes – so he liked him despite the fact that, like, he looked like – a walking piece of garbage yeah he looked like a guy carrying a bong into a dorm room (laughs) in cargo shorts and adidas flip-flops with socks and he loved uh whiskey too 
Well, he looks like he loves whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Steve Bannon, if anything, like, okay, listen, guys, I like to drink whiskey, but if anything would scare me off of it, it's looking far into the future and seeing what Steve Bannon has become. Yeah, man, that guy's a walking, talking gin blossom. He is. In fact, uh, we have a new sponsor today that uh, I guess this would be an appropriate time to maybe yeah, I think play, so. play it's a pretty, message from them. I'm actually pretty excited because this is our first sponsor. Yeah, and it is uh, in the world of spirits. So why don't we take a break okay. and let's listen to this ad. Cool. Pappy Van Bannon is on a mission from God to make whiskey great again. Tradition. Made with pure white corn and patriotic amber waves of grain. Made in a county that still recognizes men's rooms. With water melted down from snowflakes on Mount Liberal Tears. Is that gonna hurt your feelings? This whiskey don't care. In the only facility still the nationally recognized Sundown Town. This is a whiskey celebrating the way things used to be. Pappy Van Bannon's rye whiskey holds supremacy over all the others. And there's nothing trans about it. America's first politically incorrect whiskey is here to stay, goddammit! What about her emails? Pappy Van Bannon's alt-rye whiskey. Man, so, I don't know if, like, I'm really happy to have a sponsor, mm. but I don't know. I think if, we need to start vetting, like, who we allow to give us money. I know. We got $50 for that. So. <laughs> That's a pretty... Apparently, our sponsor told us they're having a lot of trouble running their ads on any of the more mainstream podcasts. Yeah, this stuff isn't really flying off the shelves in the, like, areas they want it to. Yeah, well, um, maybe in the future we should do a little more research on, on who yeah. we allow to advertise with us. Anyway, for the meantime, I guess you could pick up a bottle of Pappy Van Bannon's Alt Rye Whiskey. Yeah, available in one liquor store in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. um, wow. So about about Steve Bannon and his whiskey, um, I've heard so many rumors about this guy being just like a fucking drunk piece of shit. Yeah. And just like reeking of booze in every room he goes in. He looks like it's just like fuming off of him. He does. So it reminds me actually, he's probably this drunk, which is, it reminds me of another really funny thing Roger Stone recently said, which was right after Barbara Bush died, he said, Barbara Bush was such a drunk, you could set you could set her on fire and she'd burn for three days. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, who said that about Roger Stone? Damn, this guy is just full of them. I know. Fucking A. Wow. That's pretty good. I know. Steve Bannon, definitely a drunk, and he looks like he looks like a fetid liverwurst sandwich or something. Like he just is gray skin tone yeah, with like spots on it. He's definitely like the roast beef that like falls out of the side of a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> He's all gristle. Yeah. <laughs> that boy's pure gristle. Yeah, he's just nothing but pure gristle, boys. Yeah, my God, what a nasty boy. But I have to wonder if that's all from boozing or if it's just... Like, have you ever noticed that sometimes just really evil, nasty people, like, it becomes I know their it appearance? Le- yeah, it leaches through their skin kind of thing. Yeah, like, like they're rotten from the inside it. out. Yeah. And they just slowly turn into... Like, it's, again, it's like a Sith Lord. Like, do you think... Have you heard about his, like, whole fashion thing and why he wears, like, that he wears a bunch of shirts all the time? What? He wears, if you look up a picture of him in every picture, he wears three t-shirts at least. What? So it'll be, like, a button-up, a button-up, a button-up, and then a jacket. 
It's like one of those like, guys who makes a joke about wearing multiple like polo shirts. He's like a poor person trying to travel. Cheap, yeah, or like, he's without like checking a bag, or he's trying to like contain the evil in his body or something. <laughs> That's what I think it is. I bet you he kind of stinks and sweats a lot. Yeah, and maybe. it's just that pure evil and bourbon pouring out of him, and it's, he has to like wear layers. It's like how jockeys have multiple goggles on, so like when all the mud gets in their <laughs> yeah, eyes, they can one like, flip one off. Yeah, it's probably something like that. Because otherwise, why? Doesn't it sound horrible to wear three button-ups? Yeah. Like, and he looks miserable. Like he looks hot all the time. Especially as a fat person. Like, I've noticed in my life, the heavier I am, the more uncomfortable I am all the time. The yeah. lighter you are, the more you could probably get away with wearing multiple layers. Yeah, and just get away, because you're lighter. You're just lighter, and you're just more comfortable. But being a big, fat, fucking bloated old man and wearing a bunch of, like, stiff button-up shirts. I wonder And then, like, a little <laughs> tiny jacket on top. <laughs> so awful. Sounds I, terrible. I wonder if he was attractive back in the day. He kind of seems like... Might have been. He would have been a cute guy got a little button nose he's got a full head of hair he looks like an unhappy aaron sorkin right now yeah he does <laughs> he looks like a really unhappy sorkin and i think you're right like you can see that there once was like a happy anakin skywalker <laughs> under all that <laughs> like he does have those little blue eyes and his like little boy hair yeah but it, he's just turned evil it's like someone left him like in a radioactive room or something i know he's just ugh. oh wait was he the guy in this book there's so much i listened to and tuned in and out of there was a guy, I don't think it was Steve Bannon, but Steve Bannon worked with the Mercers to push this guy who was like a scientist in the South to run for Congress. Mm-hmm. And this guy, this scientist, first of all, he had like a huge urine like program going on where he has 10,000 urine samples. He's running he a thinks, urine program? <laughs> a urine program because he yes. thinks that urine is like... Oh, Somewhere locked in urine is the answer to, like, aging. It's the key to life. It's but, in my past. <laughs> but so speaking of radiation, this guy thought there's some weird theory floating around out there that people who lived outside of the blast radius in Nagasaki and Hiroshima were actually healthier than, they like... they had the sweetest piss. Than if it had never <laughs> happened. And I want to drink that piss. <laughs> Give me some of that piss. <laughs> <laughs> like the people that they like get locked into is so weird. This sounds like the theory that someone would come up with after being exposed to lead. Yeah. Like, did you know that just outside the blast radius <laughs> of every atomic bomb, it lays the sweetest piss? Uh, well, it's like, I know. The key to life he, in that piss. He <laughs> has like this guy down. living on a farm doing his piss experiments, like has been drinking tainted well water for oh years. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, it's the sweetest piss. (laughs) Um, That's an insane theory. I always do like hearing about guys who were like trying to find the fountain of youth. I know. The key to life. And that fountain was always someone's dick. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) If I could just get the piss out of this guy's dick. If I could just find the human embodiment of that cherub boy above my pool, I could figure it out. Actually, speaking of dicks, you know, there is a new segment that we do from time to time here. And I think this hog is ripe for hog talk. Oh, my God. We got to. Should we measure this guy's hog? Let's do it. Well, 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 buckaroo. Looks like you just wandered into the wrong woods. He looked like he got a big hog in his pants. That's right, Skeeter. Hey there, fella. What kind of hog you got in your there pants? Can we see it, boss? Yeah, we're gonna see it all right, Skeeter. Get that rich in there! Woo! Oh, yeah, look at that old hog. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a 
measuring tape on it. I want to look at that hog. That's a big old swinging hog you got there, Keller. <laughs> All right, thank you, Brian Vega, for producing <laughs> that jingle for us. Brian, you're the best. Um, you got a knack for the jingle. You got a real jack for the ningles. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously... Steve Bannon hog. This is not every hog leaps out to me as obvious. Like Stevie Wonder, we had a tough time guessing his hog. So he, <laughs> this hog's hog, <laughs> it leaps out at me. So, but I want to hear your opinion first. My opinion of this hog is it's probably not too small, but definitely not big. I'm gonna put, place this hog at five and a quarter inches and a little bent. I'm saying Steve Bannon has a big fat hog. You think he's got a big fat hog? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. We have a hog disagreement. Yeah, I don't think it's like super long, but I think that guy's got a fat hog on him. <laughs> oh my god. That, thing's, that thing's been knee deep in slop for a long time. <laughs> Do you think it looks like an oversized grub? It yeah. <laughs> like crawling it's on probably, a log. It's got like more marks on it than his face, but that guy Yeah. That hog's probably battle-scarred. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a battle All the women hog. trying to get away from him. So you're thinking it's kind of a chode, like a, like a yeah. like maybe normal length but real girthy? I think it's like the embodiment of him. Yeah, that would make sense. Like it's got a nice like tuft of Aaron Sorkin <laughs> pubes on top. <laughs> it's got weird red gashes all over his face. Mm-hmm. I think that um, he might be a little hog hung. He might? Yeah, he might. I definitely, every time I've thought about Steve Bannon's hog, I've pictured it as being a subpar, but not, like, too bad of a hog. Uh Like, I really think it's like, oh, that's like an old fat truck driver's hog. I guess that makes sense. Uh Like, just kind of a little pecker. (laughs) A little bit. I I guess we got to agree to disagree on this one. You know what, guys? Not every hog has to come to a consensus. (laughs) And at the end of the day, only Steve Bannon and three women... know what his hog looks like do you think it's only been three women no like he said i'm sure he actually does look like he was probably pretty handsome as a young man yeah but he did spend like a lot of time around men and that he was like a navy guy he was like so i feel like he's always been too preoccupied yeah with like he didn't want to get laid he was more like how can i make money how can I ruin people's lives? Yeah, well, these right-wing guys usually run one of two ways, right? They're either completely a fucking hypocrite, and they're, like, fucking little boys and porn stars mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, and then, like, going and telling everyone how awful it is <laughs> to even masturbate. Yeah. Or they are living like uh, that guy from Boardwalk Empire who's, like, tortured by his own sexual desire. And, Which like, guy was that again? Um, oh, know, oh, yeah, Michael Shannon. Yeah, Michael Shannon, yeah. like, tortured by the fact that he's ever had a boner and, like, legitimately won't right. fuck anything but his wife. Like, Mike Pence. Yeah. I do not think Mike Pence is out there slinging his dick on the he's, side. Mike Pence has probably gotten laid. He probably has had sex with one person. Yes, and reluctantly and through a sheet. Yeah. But I think that there's other guys like him, like, you know, the Larry Craigs of the world, who are out there just fucking. voting against yeah. everyone else's sexual rights, but then trying so hard to get someone to cram a dick in their ass in yeah. an airport bathroom. That guy's got a wide stance, I've heard. But, like, nowhere nowhere on the right side of this do I see normal people who are just like, yeah, just, you know, I've dated around, I've uh-huh. slept with some people, and now I'm getting married. And, I know, you know, yeah. Just, like, totally nonchalant about it, like you should be. Yeah, it's like they they will lie about it, yeah, in either way, like you're saying. The lie that they've had sex, more sex than they actually have, mm-hmm. or that they hate having sex, or that they hate, like, gay sex or whatever, and they're doing that all the time. Yeah, and they're, like, literally 
sucking a dick. <laughs> like they walk off stage from their like big anti-gay rally and they walk right into the men's room and some guy just puts his howl right <laughs> in their mouth. I mean, but it's so funny. Like they have a real problem with that. I know. That happens so yeah. often with these guys. Well, you I never mean, hear about Democratic senators or congressmen like having a gay scandal. I know. Because if they're gay, they'll tell you. Yeah, they'll just say, I'm gay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they'll get a bunch of votes for it. And no one cares. They're yeah. like, oh, that guy's gay. Yeah. Whatever. I know. Well, it's the repressed <laughs> stuff, man. It's the repression that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Mike Pence could be broken. I don't... Who knows if he's gay or not? I, that's not really the vibe I get from him, but it's just like sexually tortured. Like, you're so obsessed with yeah. Jesus. No, he's a like a self-flagellator kind of guy, too. Yeah. No, I that's picture, exactly right. I bet that guy needs to wear three shirts to hide all of his... All of his whip marks. Yeah, his whip... His back scars that he has. Yeah, I could see him going home and kneeling in his garage and just whipping the fucking shit out of yeah, himself. Yeah, he, like, sleeps on gravel. Because he had coffee that morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry! I have an addiction! Forgive me, Jesus! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, what a nightmare. What a nightmare of a human. Who um, of the Trump campaign and administration staff, like, who do you think's the most normal? Because they're all out of their minds. I guess I would kind of need a look at a list of it. I wonder if, um, I mean, Steve Bannon strikes me as the most, like, even keeled and, like, actually has an ideology at least. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's not on there anymore. But, like, who has he hired? Like, are any of the, like, is John Kelly a normal guy, or is he just like a deep down psycho too? The new, you know, the yeah. chief of staff guy. See that guy? I don't know much about him. I mean, I know I know who he is and what he does, but he's not like he's such. He's less of a character, mm-hmm. and he flies under the radar compared to like Scaramucci <laughs> <laughs> or. But it's like Bannon. the guys that any of the, his people that come out and speak on TV, mm-hmm. you know that they're not normal good people at all no because they just spend so much time lying yeah tons of time lying yeah how did you feel about at the white house correspondence dinner um michelle fox or what is it wolf Wolf? yeah you know canine species (laughs) whatever michelle wolf like going after sarah huckabee sanders i thought it was great i thought it was great too i thought she totally earned it she deserves it so hard if you're gonna get up there and fuck with this country the way that that woman does and lie and cover for shit then I don't care if people go after your weight. Like, you no, forfeit. Also, all she, didn't, she didn't talk about her, like, appearance at all. No. It, I mean, some of the stuff was, like, people took stuff out of context. You know, she said that she was, like, a softball coach, and people were like, what is that? Like, some lesbian I shit? I think we all know what that means. It's But it's because she, I mean, the joke was, I'm sure that there was, like, some nuance to it, right? Yeah. Because she's probably a good writer. Mm-hmm. But the the joke or the point was that, she that uh huckabee sanders like divides people up into teams like here's the team that we like and then here's the one that we just fucking scream at and berate all day yeah exactly but no no denying there's also just a frumpy pe teacher joke in there too which is like on the face of it it's so true but there's also like no women baseball or basketball coaches like in the big leagues you know so you got to go softball right like softball well it's just yeah it, it, it makes sense on a lot of levels and that's why it's funny and it's all fucking true. And that's why they were mad, because it was true. It's true. And the media was mad because she went after them for saying, you guys fucking created this. Yeah, and well, it's so funny because all these people who are defending, you know, the the president who grabs people by the pussy and all of this, like, 
totally misogynist shit like all the people in our White House are and then the minute that like their chosen woman gets picked on they're like you can't go after women like that right blah, and blah, there blah, are blah. also all the people that would say Trump that bitch and all that stuff about uh-huh. Hillary Clinton and their whole thing was we're sick of Americans being too politically correct mm-hmm. we want a guy who says it like it is no, we I'm, want like we're, we hate all the attacks on free speech at colleges even though it's yep. only at like three fucking schools <laughs> like <laughs> Right, they so, act like every college is UC Berkeley. I know. You know? And they also act like out of the 30,000 kids that go to UC Berkeley, 30,000 of them are <laughs> yeah. out, like, smashing windows or something. Exactly. I just think that, I mean, we hit this point earlier, but it's worth hitting again. They ran on the platform of impoliteness and being crude and yeah, saying and it how it is. And we don't care about your feelings. Yeah. Let's just say the truth exactly. and all this. Like, so, great. Like, let's fucking pull out the guns and shoot them both ways, boys. Yeah. You can't handle it because you people are fat, stupid, and ugly. Yeah. And if you really want to play the game where, like, that stuff's okay to talk about, then all right. You're and then, fucking fat, stupid, and ugly. And then I saw, like, some of the first attacks on Michelle Wolf was the way she looked. Of course it was. Yeah. Yeah, of course it was. Well, they don't have another playbook because, again, like, in order to attack someone being intelligent, you have to, like, kind of out-intelligent Well, they they can't attack her for being wrong. No, so they, they got to figure can't. something out and call her ugly or whatever. And again, it's like you know the that whole segment, the right wing, suffers from a severe lack of comedians. Mm-hmm. And really, it, it, it's not that some of them can't be witty. Like you know, Trump can like have his little asides that are entertaining to anyone, but they're not clever. They're not like comedian clever. I know they're not good writers. They can't. I think. Yeah, there's like, no good who, writers there. Who the, is a right wing comedian? Is there anybody? Dennis Miller, but who oh, gives he's a not shit? a comedian. <laughs> yeah, I said comedian. Sean yeah. <laughs> is like Adam Carolla or something. But I don't even know how much of a comedian he is. He's pretty like witty and yeah. Smart. And I'm not even sure how right wing he is. I think he's just curmudgeonly. Yeah, he's, he's like a libertarian kind of guy. Yeah, like, just fucking leave me alone. I don't yeah. care. Like get out of get off my lawn. Yeah. But I don't think he's out there, like, campaigning against abortions or anything. I don't know. He might be. Yeah, and, a, like, I'm just trying to think. Has there ever been, a, like, a, a Def Jam Republican comedian or something? I don't think so. Because... They're all relegated to, like... I mean, but then you get guys like Milo Yiannopoulos and some of these guys who say they're, like, I'm just being a comedian. I'm just don't take being every, funny. Everything I'm saying is, uh, it's a joke. But, I mean, you got to... It has to be funny, right? It has for to, it to be, be funny. Yeah, and there's no, like, bit, and there's no truth there. It's one, it's not nuanced. It's one level where it's just like, I'm going to be mean. Yeah. And <laughs> and, like, and just say something, like, a little nasty or something. And yeah. it's like, see, that's the punchline. I called her an ugly bitch. Like, his tour was called the Dangerous Faggot Tour. I know. It's like, that's the level of humor we're dealing with here. Yeah. Oh, he's a dangerous faggot. And also, no one was calling him a faggot but himself. So it's like he's trying to do this thing, like, I'm turning it around on all of you. I'm who are like the word. Who are going after me for being gay, and it's no one is. Yeah, no one cares. In fact, the people that would, the only people that would care are probably in your audience, and yeah. they're confused. Mm-hmm. They're confused by you. Like, why they're you probably just there because they like the, that you said the word faggot. Yeah, I know. Honestly, like, what else do you have to say? And he is a guy who went after just like who you know what's that woman's name Leslie Jones? Oh yeah. Didn't he like get in a big Twitter war with her mm-hmm. and like call her like a big fat black bitch or something? Something like that. It's like that's so clever and funny. <laughs> I know. And then he got banned from Twitter for it. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
Now you're a band, Dangerous Faggot. Well, <laughs> and, and now they're banning conservative speech because of that. And it's like, well, I mean, if that's conservative speech. Yeah, then... exactly. It's like, well, if that's what you have to say, then, like, fuck off. I think Roger Stone was banned from Twitter, too, but I don't know what for. Well, given the mouth I'm learning about that guy, that guy today, I'm not surprised. There's some other stuff. I'm not going to pull it up. But he was in, like, he would get in drunken tirades on Twitter and go after people, too. Like, after, like, members of, the, like... Like, legit journalists. Be like, you stupid bitch, listen up. Oh, my God. You know, one of the things I'm realizing as we're talking this through that I really think is amusing is how they're all drunk. I know. They're all drunk. It's a bunch of drunk dickheads. I I can't believe that Trump doesn't drink. I know. When I learned that, I was shocked. He has a drinker's body, too. He has a drinker's everything. The slurring, the mumbling. I know. The, the, like, weight. The inability to, like keep a thought going just the the short patience and anger i mean he's kind of a he seems i guess like a methamphetamines guy but he's so big trump acts like i might act if i was just really hung over and i had a lot to do that day <laughs> yeah. i'd just be really short with everyone i'd be kind of like a prickly a-hole and like i would just want the day to end uh-huh. but shockingly he's been living like that drink free i think he's never decades. had a drink yeah that's what he said which also I don't believe because he lies about everything, and that's also creepy too. Like I understand I don't someone trust people that have never drank. Yeah, me either. Mm-hmm. I, or like have tried other stuff too. You know, it's like yeah, if you you've be- never had a, it's so much better to have had a drink and say this is not for me, than mm-hmm. to say it's not for me. I mean, it's not murder, but it's like. Like, I've never tried murder, so I can't really, like... Yeah, but that's, I mean, it's a huge spectrum between drinking and murder, and that's that's what's interesting. It's such a normal thing. It's like, okay, you've never just had a glass of wine at dinner, and then, like, maybe, you know what? My wife doesn't like to drink, uh-huh. and that's fine with me. She drinks sometimes, though. She will have a yeah. glass, like, to be social, she will, but she doesn't like it, and the uh-huh. next day, after one glass of wine, she always feels, like, hungover. Drinking is not for her. Yeah. And that's fine. And no, Trump like, has no idea what that's like? No idea what that's like. That's like but a again, it's like pen, go- the big, <laughs> the big fat pen from Ben and Teller. <laughs> oh, the fat, yeah, the big oh, no, he's fat not, pen. He's not fat anymore, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I think he's one of these guys that like deflated himself <laughs> late in life, and now he's just like a weird. <laughs> <laughs> that balloon flew around the room and then landed <laughs> back to Earth and became the big skinny pen. He's oh never, he's never had anything either. Really? Yeah, never drank, never smoked weed. That's interesting. I mean, I give a little more, I guess, pass to weed, less, because I have to try to keep in mind that I grew up in Los Angeles, so I've done everything. But I feel like it gives you a good perspective on, like, what's what's too much, what's too little, what's normal, what's not. And like, it's also just kind of part of growing up, right? It's kind of like a rite of passage where... It is, yeah. You do... Th- certain things to like bond with people and yeah well the beauty of alcohol especially as a young person is it lowers your inhibitions it lets you make friends in a way that's like you know they say like if you go to war you know for two years on tour and then you come back like you're friends for life with those people because you've been through crazy shit this is a much safer and less intense way of like being like remember that time we all got drunk and threw the fuck up in the woods yeah we all drove around like yeah and like it's a shared bonding through sometimes embarrassment sometimes through just adventure yeah and trying and like trying new things together yeah but it's such a different friendship than like if you and i had only ever just gone to the mall together right i mean well (laughs) that's why also donald trump has no friends yeah. Because he's never drank. Never drank. He never bonded. And he's, he's an nev- asshole. He's never bonded with anybody. No. No, and it just... I think he's a really lonely person. 
Oh, I definitely picked that up from him. Yeah. And lonelier by the day. But he's like the classic case of you're your own worst enemy. I mean, that's like why he basically hires these women to marry him who don't speak any English Mm -hmm. because he doesn't know how to have like a human connection conversation with anybody. Exactly. Yeah. And you can look at both of his wives and see it's like, well, yeah, he has to get Russian brides because that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah. He has all the money in the world, but money... Like his biography should just be called "Money Can't Buy Class" or "Money Can't Buy Status" <laughs> friends like, or anything. Friends, yeah, like any of the important things in life don't actually come from being rich. And don't you think that if you were married to a woman from Korea or Russia or something, you would pick up some of the language and be able to like <laughs> yeah, kind of have just like so. informal conversation because you should try to like learn where she's from and alert, like talk to her parents or yeah. her brother or At whatever something of the culture like i promise you trump has never like read a tolstoy book no like, or even tried to learn like how to say hello in russian oh i'm sure anything. he has no idea yeah i'm sure he has no idea which which is embarrassing because yeah. he's been married to a russian or a ukrainian since what 1980 yeah for like 20 <laughs> years of his life he was married to a russian person insane absolutely insane he, uh, one of my least favorite things about him, and there, that's a long fucking list, but is that he's like, not only isn't a reader, but he has like disdain for books and learning. Uh huh. Like he fucking thinks it's for fags. Well, or did you see that? <laughs> His that, words, not mine. <laughs> that picture of the presidential bookshelf or whatever, the presidential library. Yes, I did see this. And it was all empty except for like four copies of The Art of the Deal. Mm-hmm, which he didn't even write and, or read, I'm guessing. Oh, I'm sure he didn't read it. Yeah, there's no way. And some other books that someone else wrote for him. Like we have a president sitting in office who doesn't like see the value of the written word. No, I mean, it's even amazing. His, uh, his like security briefings and stuff They'd usually be printed out. It's like six pages a day or whatever. Yeah. And he has to have them. Easy to read. (laughs) He has to have them like reported to him in person. Yeah. And basically haiku form. Like, I need five syllables, guys. Let's go. (laughs) Tell me about Iran. Five, seven, five. Keep it like that. (laughs) And they're like, "Uh, problem in Iran. Big. He's like, all right, I'm done. Enough. Okay, that's enough. Yeah. We'll get to the seven syllables later. Yeah. But I think that's amazing. Like, this guy can't be bothered with the national security briefing. Wouldn't you just be so interested, too? I would read you're getting 100 the, pages a day. You're getting the world's secrets. Yeah, I like, know. That's amazing. <laughs> this is the one person on earth who gets to read everything. Nobody knows more than what the president does in his you know, daily intelligence briefings. And this guy can't fucking be bothered. He's watching cable news and eating McDonald's. The what guy time? eats McDonald's in the White House. Like, what the fuck? What world is this? Did you see there was an onion that was like... Um, President Trump gets indigestion after having well-cooked meal <laughs> at, like, <laughs> some dinner. It's so true. Like, a really, like, home-cooked organic meal would really throw his system yeah. off. His, like, <laughs> gut bacteria. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got gas. Oh, my God. Hey, Michael, I have a question for you. Um, I think I know what it is, but just ask it anyway. Can I borrow that vape? Sean? Yes. <gasps> Can I borrow it? Here it is. Is this wax wax oil? It's ball. Take that jacket. Just like my sister. I love it. That's a fat cloud.
My favorite part of that song is at the very end when you say, that's a fat cloud. <laughs> I don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when the, Brian Vegas, when Brian Vegas sa- says, that's a fat cloud. Thank you for the vape. Oh, you're welcome. It's uh, wax and oil. It tastes like cherries. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Brian Vega's sister. Just like Brian Vega's sister. We got to get Brian Vega in here one day. I know. I was thinking about that. I've tried Wikipedia him, and I can't find anything. But I know that he's real. This is like that Berenstain Bear conspiracy. It's like, like that John Barron <laughs> conspiracy. <laughs> oh, my God. Should we talk about that? I guess so. Um, I wanted to bring something up, though, that I heard in this book. Since I listened to fucking eight hours and basically gleaned nothing from it. Um, so Bannon is, like, huge on his research and stuff and finding out, like, who is Donald Trump going to appeal to? And Donald Trump, when The Apprentice was on, was way more popular with minorities than he was with white people. Like, minorities loved to watch Interesting. The Apprentice. And there's this thing called a Q score. Do you know what that is? No. It's like a rating system that is used in television. So I think, like, executives at companies can know how popular someone is. Right. Like, with a certain sect of the country or whatever so they like demographic it up basically yeah and they say like oh donald trump's q score as a reality star on the apprentice is this high you know and he was very popular for a long time wow and then the stuff about the mexicans being rapists and all that came out Everyone's like wait a minute what did he say his (laughs) q score dropped huge and this thing from the book said Based on Q score, the only reality star minorities hated more than Donald Trump was the situation. <laughs> that's really good. That's a good piece of trivia. Yeah. Wow, and that's like a low bar. I yeah. mean, the situation is like if you're only one step above him, I know. even Snooky's higher than Donald yeah. Trump. Snooky's higher than the situation, too. <laughs> Fucking A. Well, I think that's interesting because again, I think it goes back to like his old school appeal to people who probably don't know the world of like high finance well, that's and the, the elite circle. I mean, you know, he's a rich what is it? Um he's the he's a poor, poor person's, person's idea of a rich person. Yeah, poor person's idea of a rich person. And that's like what they would say about Newt Gingrich. He's a dumb person's idea of a smart person. Oh, totally. Well, that's like with all these guys. I feel like Steve Bannon falls into that, too. Even though Steve Bannon might be semi-intelligent and just misguided or or evil or whatever you want to call him. But it's like, yeah, that's like someone who's a complete moron would be wowed by him. Right. You know? But anyone who's not a moron would be like, this guy's a moron. Yeah, it's like if you rattle off like five French authors to me I've never heard of. Big fucking From the 18th century, it's like... Okay, I could be impressed for a minute. But it's like argument from obscurity, right? Right. It's like the kid in high school who knows all these bands you've never heard of, and that makes him cooler than you. Yeah, he's way better. It's like, okay. He could pick pick who's going to be the next president. (laughs) Yeah, it's like just because you know a bunch of really esoteric fascist literature doesn't make you smarter than you. Yeah, no, it also just makes you more well-rounded at music. That's kind of it. (laughs) Right, exactly. Good for you. Great. But people would be impressed by that. People like Donald Trump, who have never read any book, and then they hear this guy rattling off this, like, you know, 1930s fascist French author. Right. And they're like, wow, this guy really knows his shit. You know, though, um, I think it was his first wife was named Ivana, right? Mm-hmm. Not Ivana. Ivanka's the daughter. They all she have the said same name. <laughs> that Trump would sleep with, was it Mein Kampf next to his bed? I haven't heard this. Or was it another, did Hitler have two books? 
<laughs> the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, <laughs> and Mein Kampf. Mein Kampf. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Yeah, I think... but I think that he had, like, that was the book that Donald Trump would, like, read passages from before bed. Just settling in for a nice, cozy evening with Mein Kampf. I don't, I kind of, it's like one of those things I don't buy just because I don't picture him reading at all. That's... Unless he just had it there as, like... Now that I buy. This was passed down from my racist father. Yeah, this is the family copy of Mein Kampf. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could see where my grandpa's dog ear did. Yeah, it's engraved <laughs> with, like, there's Trump oh and Bosnia all over it. Well, his grand, I mean, not his grandfather, his father, I watched a dog, like, this five-part Netflix thing on yeah, Trump. Yeah, I couldn't and apparently... bring myself to watch it. It's pretty good, but his dad apparently was just like an alpha racist guy, mm-hmm. which is not shocking given the time and economic stratosphere he was operating in. But he was from New York, right? Yeah, but like he's got this weird. So there, I've always thought there's a weird separation between the racism in like the southern rural areas and then like right. this weird northeastern racism that exists too. Yeah, it's like the stonemason kind of racism yeah, or something. It's the blue collar New York guy. We're like, yeah, they might have a black guy on the fire team, like the fire ladder with them, but they're going to fucking give him shit all the time. Yeah. And, like, they'll invite him to the barbecue and tell him he's one of the good ones. Right. Well, that's, like, like uh, that kind of racism. Frank Sinatra would do all the, like, just make crazy racist jokes about Sammy Davis Jr. Mm -hmm. Like, shouldn't this guy be shining my shoes and, like, horrible shit like that? Sammy's like, ha-ha, Frank, that's (laughs) Fuck you, buddy! (laughs) But he would also not go to any bars or play at any places that didn't allow black people there. Yeah, well, I, you know, last week on Stevie Wonder, we talked about Quincy Jones um, for whatever reason. I think we were talking about him at a Beatles recording session. But apparently Frank Sinatra, like, made Quincy Jones. And Quincy Jones, like, considers that he has a life debt to Frank mm-hmm. Sinatra because of that kind of right, behavior. Right, so that there's, like, these outdated, horrible things that they would say, mm-hmm. you know, because it was just kind of part of the lexicon or something like that. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm thinking that back then it was probably, like, you know, race relations being what they were... It's almost a way of cutting through the ele- the elephant in the room for them. Yeah, I mean, like I'm a rich white guy and he's my black friend, and let's make a joke about it. Yeah. And like probably and now at the black guys let's expense. move on. And now, now we've acknowledged that he's part of the band. So can he? Can Sammy Davis please like sing? And you guys can like him now. Yeah, exactly. Kind of thing. It's like doing a weird backhanded favor. Or well, something. Frank was so popular that I guess it's just like, listen, he's cool with me. Yeah. So. You just got to fucking accept it. And I guess Quincy Jones, Frank Sinatra gave him a ring that he wears to this day, like every day. It's like his prized possession. Hmm. Because like he he got him into all these places where black people couldn't play music and black people couldn't do this and that. And Frank was like, he didn't have to do that. He was already Frank Sinatra. There's no reason in the world why he would have to be. Wasn't Frank Sinatra a big whiskey drinker too? Like Steve Bannon? Yes. Although strangely, he liked Jack Daniels, which I think is trash. It's garbage disgusting whiskey <laughs> and it's not even bourbon right it's tennessee whiskey which is i don't know uh, you don't have any here um mm-hmm. that's it for is a made reason. in it is made in lynchburg tennessee where it's hmm. right next door to where uh uh pappy van bannon's whiskey is made <laughs> i wonder how lynchburg got its name i, I don't a, know in a place like tennessee i'm afraid to google it i'm afraid to google it too um good fucking god do you know where steve bannon's from um, I could find out in one second. Because I would guess that this guy seems like he's from a cosmopolitan area. You know, he's like Stephen Miller, who I may become a Stephen we talk about at some point. His career is still so young. No, well, it seems he is from a working class family. He's from uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Hmm. His mom was a homemaker. His dad was an AT&T telephone lineman. 
Exciting as a middle stuff. manager. And as I was saying earlier, they're a Irish Catholic, pro-Kennedy, pro-Union Democrat. Interesting. So he's just like an edgy teen who is like, well, that's why I, was I, comparing hate my, I hate my dad. That's why I was comparing him to Stephen Miller, because someone said famously he's like a Santa Monica fascist, where it's like he grew up in this nice Jewish family on the west side of Los Angeles and by his, the beach. And his, bu- like, the bullies that that guy probably had to encounter. That's People were like, what, what the was. fuck is wrong with you, Steve? Yeah. That's probably what it was. And, like, I read that that guy is a major provocateur in high school, like, loved. Yeah. Just one of these people that realizes they live in a pretty left-leaning place and gets a boner off of, like, pushing everyone's buttons. Uh-huh. And being, like, an an antagonist and a contradictive kind of dickhead. I think that he ran for—did he run for, like, class president at his high school? At, I he don't He went know, to Sam Ohio. He went to Santa Monica High School. Oh, boy. And I think that he ran for class president, and so did um, that's Steve Miller, and so Steve Bannon ran in not at Harvard, but at the first college he went to, and he won. Wow! And he was class president. You know, no one cool has ever been a class president. <laughs> I've never like I remember the people that would run when I was in school, and I'd be like, who has who wants to be the class president? It seems like, like so much more work. I want to go play Nintendo. Like yeah. I'm trying to get less responsibilities less time at school less of all this shit i want to go have fun and what can you i've always wondered like what do you even what promises can you fulfill as a class president like isn't it just like the administration that kind of does everything like at the end of the day you're just another 14 year old yeah what the fuck are you gonna do about (laughs) any of this and everyone always runs on like the vending machines will all be free (laughs) (laughs) bernie sanders yeah exactly that's the that's class president bernie (laughs) Um, but, you know, none of it ever works out. I can't think of one notable achievement any of my class presidents ever did, except I, for Parade Around. I don't remember vote, like even having the chance to vote for them. I can remember one class election, but it all just seemed frivolous and weird. Like, why do we... No. So we got two nerds that nobody likes, and they're both in a showdown, and somehow I have to choose one to do what? Nothing? I just, like, what remember, are I just remember trying to win best eyes in <laughs> high school. <laughs> I won in high school most likely to host the man show. Really? <laughs> yeah. I actually won most senioritis. Did you? Because you were gone all everyone the time. just knew I was gone. And then there's a, so three people won it. It was me, a friend of mine, Alicia, I think, and then someone else. That's and, funny. And so our pictures are here in the yearbook. Except for I wasn't there that day because I was ditching. So it's two people, <laughs> and it says not pictured Michael Horton. That's that couldn't have gone better. Yeah. That's fucking perfect. Senior- I wish I was there because my sensibilities would have been me. Like the picture would be me climbing the fence to like <laughs> escape or something like that. <laughs> that would have been good. Or, like I'm in the background like waving. I used to go to homeroom. You'd get checked in for the day basically. And I would walk out of homeroom around the building jump the fence and just leave <laughs> and one time my homeroom teacher he was like the music teacher so he was like you know a cool hippie guy come on man and i left and i was like running away from school and i hear him go later horton <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny yeah. that's pretty amazing um i had a cool teacher like that too that smoked weed with us before the SAT. Really? I probably shouldn't be saying this. Yeah. I mean, it was a long time ago but maybe not that long ago. He i remember i used to come like so scary just like you're waking up at 7 30 and smoking a ton of weed and then going to school like that's not what the good fuck? no wonder i like barely graduated i barely graduated too. but i'm sure i would reek of weed all the time and i went into homeroom and that same homeroom teacher was like 
who here smokes weed before coming to school? <laughs> like, I'm not raising my no, hand. No, that was the only... I, like, raised my hand. <laughs> like, too high to lie. You're like, fuck it, I'll just chill <laughs> yeah. and shoot. It's like, yeah, why not? Damn. What happened after that? Were you Nothing. Into- it was nothing? just like, he just wanted to know. Interesting. Now, that's fucking crazy. But he also would do, like, a word of the day thing and be like, who knows what juxtaposition means? And I'd also, like, always raise my hand and be like, I know what juxtaposition right, so, means, So, like, because bro. you were a good student, he's like... I think he just kind of liked my vibe or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was similar at my school. It was a smaller private school. And, like, you know, I don't think it was any secret to those teachers that a lot of kids there were smoking weed. Uh Uh-huh. And, um, like, everyone got away with it. I don't think anyone ever really got in trouble for it. Yeah, I don't think so. I can't remember. I know kids would smoke weed, like, on the yard all the time (laughs) at lunch and stuff like that. So funny to think that, like, smoking weed used to be such a big thing. Like you, it stank. You'd have to go somewhere to do it. I like know. there was a bunch of prep. You would involved. fucking reek too. Yeah, because we would smoke blunts before, like <laughs> the stinkiest way to smoke weed, and like the way you get so fucking high. Oh yeah, we would drive around because we could always leave our school for breaks, and we would drive around and just smoke a joint, or someone would have a pipe, and then everyone would just smell like the most herbaceous yeah. dank fucking <laughs> smoke. Like, and there was no getting rid of it. Yeah, your hands stink all day. Yeah, we would like put on a sweater and smoke, and then take it off and like yeah. leave it in someone's car and just go run back. into the bathroom and like wash my face a bunch of times yeah and now if you think about it, it's like everyone it in high school is probably just vaping or like yeah. eating coffee beans with thc in them or like all this stuff that was completely unavailable <laughs> interesting did you ever drink alcohol at school i did and i did get in trouble for that yeah big time how'd you get in trouble um someone like smelled it on my breath whoa yeah i got a, a fucking lot of <laughs> really yeah we got like drunk at lunch one day. holy shit yeah i don't think i ever i because i kind of i mean i started drinking in high school but i was such a weed guy that i didn't start like heavily drinking until kind of later yeah i don't know it wasn't like my drug of choice yeah that so makes i don't sense. really remember doing it i might have done it like once at school yeah, see, I was not a big drinker back then. Which, I mean, obviously, I was in high school, so I, how much of a drunk could I be? But there was a liquor store around the corner where this guy from Jordan, whose name was Gus, would sell us. I'm, like, naming names and stuff. I should probably <laughs> leave these people alone. This is so bad. But he would sell us whatever we wanted, from cigarettes to alcohol. Huh. And sometimes we would buy alcohol and we would drink it. And one day we bought, like, not a full bottle, but, like, one of those half sort of pint bottles of, like, Jack Daniels or Jim Beam. And we drank it in the parking lot behind school, and then we all went in and, like, just... I mean, when a 17-year-old walks in a tiny classroom with, like, 10 people, you can smell the bourbon on them. Mm -hmm. Like, bourbon is a smell that doesn't usually exist in the hallways of a school. Right. So it stands out, and um, I got in a lot of trouble. Fuck. A shit ton of trouble. (laughs) Did you get suspended? I got suspended, and I had to go to a program for, like, months. Holy shit. Yeah. They, like, the school was like, if if he's going to stay, he has to go complete this, like rehab program were you in a private school yeah yeah and so i did and like every day like three days a week after school i'd have to go to this place and like this old mexican <laughs> gangbanger who's like been sober for 25 uh-huh. years like ran it and it was all like other teens who had been caught drinking at school <laughs> and we had to like work through it or whatever right and then as soon as i, I was out i was right back to it but yeah. they would like test us for alcohol and weed like all the time like, peanut cup in front of this old gangster oh man yeah it was really weird what are you sure it wasn't that congressman that steve <laughs> bannon was funding yeah, it might have been that guy <laughs> But yeah, I think that had a big impact on my life because I just think it was so ridiculous of an overreaction yeah. to that kind of thing where like now I see people who 
are such hard asses and I have like a major resentment to them. Right. Or you can see people who like make one little mistake in their life and they think that they have to change absolutely everything they've ever done. Or like, that. Yeah, exactly. They doubled down on like, I need to fucking get my shit together. And it's like, come on, man. Come fine. on. Stop being such a little yeah. bitch. I think, you know what? Honestly, what really would have worked for me is like my parents just telling me they were disappointed. Yeah. And it, it could have probably been ended at that. See, my problem with weed when I used to smoke a fucking ton is that my dad found my weed. It was like in my desk drawer. He was said he was looking for something else. Who knows? And there was I had like his a li- weed. Yeah, <laughs> it probably was his weed. So there was like I had like a little like black pouch in there, you know, where you keep like oh I keep all my weed and pipe in like a velvet pouch. <laughs> right. Well, you did back then. Yeah. Like, so you then had to have a. a so he was like, oh, what's this? And looked at it, and we had like the drug talk, and he was like you know, it's okay, I'd rather you smoke it here. And I did every, like, I did everything in my life except heroin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so everything else, cracked? so, like, everything else is fine, basically. Right. So it kind of, like, so I've never done heroin, but that kind of gave me the green light to do fucking everything. Whatever you want, yeah. Like, having very accepting parents is amazing but it could really kind of like could go two ways yeah, yeah. well it's funny because i i dated for a while a girl who did have parents like that and like she was the classic example of why you shouldn't do that to your kid because yeah. she just was like fine i can do whatever i want and then mm-hmm. did but i don't know i feel like i um i probably will be cooler than my parents were about that but still have a little bit of a line because well, that's the problem with teenagers and lines. It's like it's so they're gonna tough. step over it, and it's just teenagers in general, right? They're just gonna yeah. do whatever the fuck. Like that's why they should never let those Amish kids out on Rumspringa. Fuck no, because they're I, gonna they're gonna go fucking hog wild. I think you got to know your teen too. Like, is my yeah. teen the kind of teen that like if I give him an inch, he's gonna take a mile? Or is this a teen who can really appreciate my honesty when I tell him mm-hmm. like, look, Dad used to do a lot of ecstasy. Dad's done a bunch of coke. Dad's done. Like your dad said, everything but heroin and crack. He didn't say crack, Sean. He oh, don't crack. Craig did some crack. But they yeah. sell it at his And then, like, now. you know, trust your teen to be like, you know, my dad's got his head screwed on right, and, like, I'm just going to take his advice. Yeah. One time he um, came home, and he was, like, really pissed at me. And he was like, this was when I was, I was like, driving their car. That was my car when I was in high school. I'd drive their Suburban around. And he comes inside and he goes, tell me what you did. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, you know what you did. I want you to tell me. Oh, and I was my like, God. Mind games. I know. And I was like, okay, I took $40 from you. <laughs> and he goes, you did? <laughs> I found weed in the car. You're not supposed to smoke in the car. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. <laughs> you like admitted to a to different, a different crime. That's a great dad strategy, though. It's yeah. like you just like I know what you did, and you're gonna tell me, and you're like running through the hundred things I you've know. done wrong. Like, Fuck, what did I do? <sighs> this is a real roll of the dice here. Like, what's my daddy want to hear? You tell me what I did, daddy. Daddy, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Yeah, my mom luckily never pulled anything like that on me, but there was a lot of, like, she would find what I did and just call me on it blatantly, and I'd be like, yeah, I did that, and then I'd be in a lot of trouble. I was a troubled teen, I think. I I was just an unhappy, like, I'm fucking pissed at everybody right now. I just want to smoke weed in my parents' Suburban. (laughs) Yeah. Wrap it around a flagpole. I just remember living, like, some sort of a hedonist. Like, I'm not, I think there was anger, like, teen anger early on, maybe around, like, 13. But by the time I was, like, 15 and 16 and and being mischievous, 
it, there was no like driving unhappiness. It was really just like, I just want to like really push this line and have fun and see yeah. what's too far. Which yeah, is the like scary the thing about teenagers. Like, yeah. just... I like the hedonist angle. I thought I was like, like hippie, fucking cool ass <laughs> dude the whole time. Yeah, of course. I love it. I mean, it's a nightmare as a parent. But I think in my parents' book, at least, like they tried to make me feel like I should be in trouble for this stuff until I was 18. And then I think they were really happy to be like, you know what? I've done my due diligence with you yeah. now like fly free young man 18 is always the cutoff just like no responsibility it really for was you for anymore. them like, after that there was no more shit about any weed any drinking any like they felt like they had legally committed you know uh-huh. finished their obligation <laughs> yeah. and they're like okay whatever dude they wipe their hands clean of and, you but it worked out really well because we have a great relationship mm-hmm. you know like we're very honest I don't hide shit from them you know yeah. I talk to my parents about everything yeah and I'm in my 30s now and it's like I felt I felt honored as an adult at 18, but the day before I turned 18, I was definitely still their kid. Mm -hmm. You know, like I had, I would be grounded if on the day before my 18th birthday, I had brought weed into the house. (laughs) There would be trouble. Yeah. Once I was 18, it was like, I don't care. You know, if you get in trouble, like my parents would be like, if the cops come around here looking for your dub sack of weed, (laughs) you're the one going to jail. (laughs) Like that's never going to happen. Um, We've gotten away from ourselves with all this fun drug talk, but um, usually we like to play a game around this time. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. This I is love a this game. game. You know, we still haven't figured out how to properly describe this, but listeners, it's a multiple choice game. Yeah. You know, Mike's going to give me four options of something that Steve Bannon might have done. It's actually five. Oh, it's five? This is never easy. <laughs> okay, so Mike's going to give me five options of things that Steve Bannon might have done. One of them is true, and it's up to me to find out which one. It's a little game we like to call, Did I Do That? All right, did I do that? Um, are you ready for this, Sean? I'm so ready for this. This is the Steve Bannon edition of Did I Do That? Number one. Steve Bannon once said that when you're called a xenophobe, a racist, or a nationalist, to wear that moniker as a badge of honor. Hmm. Okay. Noted. Number two. Goldman Sachs and other investment firms gave Steve Bannon $60 million to operate a gold farming scheme in World of Warcraft using cheap Chinese labor. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Number three. Steve Bannon said Milo Yiannopoulos looked like a gay hooker, called American Nazi Richard Spencer a goober, and described Paul Ryan as a limp dick motherfucker who was born in a Petri dish at the Heritage Foundation. Whoa. <laughs> Damn, that's like some Roger Stone kind of talk <laughs> yeah. right there. Okay. Brothers in wow, arms. Wow, that's making my ears perk up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number four. Steve Bannon hasn't had a drink since 1998. <laughs> well, that's clearly not true. <laughs> Number five. Friends of Steve Bannon once said that his penchant for wearing upwards of three shirts at a time is something he refers to as beach fashion. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's good. That's a good one. And those are the multiple choice questions for Steve Bannon. Did I do that? I like this one. This is like short and sweet. (laughs) Just a couple of facts and a man who's got to figure it out. (laughs) Well, I'm tempted by the World of Warcraft gold farming one because I know the guy's a schemer. I know he's a dreamer, and there's something about the alt-right and, like, online currency. Yeah, the MMO, (laughs) (laughs) multiple, what's it called, multiple? Yeah, MMORPG. 
It's a, a massively multiplayer online role playing game okay. or whatever. Um, sorry, guys, I'm so embarrassed. I know that, <laughs> but there seems to be a big thing with them in like crypto and them in, with, and trolling and online. Trolling. Like these like, are big internet. Like these are the people who abuse the internet. And as someone who has frequently abused the internet for my own entertainment, I should know. Um, yeah. However, what was the first one? Because I was intrigued by that. Steve Bannon once said that when you're called a xenophobe, a racist, or a nationalist, to wear that moniker is a badge of honor. See, I would believe that about him, and I believe he would say that behind closed doors, but I have heard him deny being a racist before. So I'm going to strike that one. Because I don't, I think he might even own xenophobe publicly, but I don't think he would own racist. <laughs> he owns the trademark of xenophobe. <laughs> yes, I think he owns, I think he, Bannon and Co. bought for, the xenophobe. It, it, it's for his sequel to the Aliens franchise. <laughs> Instead of xenomorphs, <laughs> it, the whole movie is just called xenophobe. No, I heard Steve Bannon, this is going to be my it's own It's called Illegal idea. Aliens, the movie. <laughs> illegal, Ridley Scott's Illegal <laughs> Aliens. Xenophobes are attacking. I heard one of Steve Bannon's big Hollywood deals is he tried to buy the xenomorph prop because he had heard he misread it and thought it was a xenophobe and he had to own it he was like how did they get a, a life-size model of my hog this is gonna be a statue of me i have to own it um wow you know what i can't believe we haven't talked about alex jones this whole time oh yeah we don't need to talk about now fuck that guy you know what he's got his own podcast um the other one that really i think it might be is him slinging some insults at Paul Ryan and Milo. He called him a limp dick motherfucker who was born in a Petri dish at the Heritage Foundation. See, that's the kind of thing that clearly he wouldn't say in public, but I think that like there's been so much behind-the-scenes leakage about these people's mm-hmm. chatter that I would believe for in a heartbeat on a private plane oh, somewhere Steve Bannon said that. So it's for me, it's going to be between that and the World of Warcraft one, and I'm just going to have to choose. Now, World of Warcraft, did you say Goldman Sachs was involved in that? Goldman Sachs and other investment firms gave Steve Bannon $60 million to operate a gold farming scheme in World of Warcraft using cheap Chinese labor. That just seems so plausible. But as much shadiness as Goldman Sachs has definitely been involved in, I'm going to have to go with the -the off-the-cuff remarks regarding Milo and uh, Paul Ryan. Okay, Sean. You are correct. Yes, it's my first win. But oh my god, I stacked the deck because oh. they are all real. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Every single one of those is real. Wait, shut the fuck up. I swear. Okay, can you just do a recap real quick? <laughs> okay. All of this he did do. That. All of these things are real. I'm flabbergasted. There's also right now. video of number one where he Wait says. Wait a minute. He hasn't had a drink since 1998. Supposedly. What a... uh, You know what? This guy's the master (laughs) of liars. I don't buy it. I mean, there was an article. I looked up Steve Bannon drinking, and (laughs) it said... Or Steve Bannon drunk or something like that. And it said that he's been sober since 1998. And that was an article in 2017 that said that. That brings him into Trump territory for me, where it's like, it's worse that you're not drinking. And behaving like this. Like, yeah. I can excuse you being a fucking stupid, mean drunk. I know, but you got to at least be a mean drunk. <laughs> yeah, but, like, give me a reason why you're such an asshole. Like, yeah. blame it on the alcohol. That's just, Everyone gets to do that. And what about your skin condition? Like, everything about this guy is just like a <laughs> booze bag, like, of the highest echelon. Okay, so wow. should we do a quick recap yeah, of everything recap he's him. done? I'm sorry. I'm just a, I'm He wants age. you to wear xenophobe, racist, and nationalist as a, ban- as a badge of honor. Racist? Really? Yeah. Oh, he's worse than I thought. Wow. I mean, I think it's more like when people are calling you that, 
just let them because they're not focusing on the stuff you're trying to get done kind of thing. It's sure, kind of like okay. maybe in the context of the liberal snowflake stuff where I it's see like the logic there actually let them get like let them stay mad kind of thing because I mean he also said because <laughs> that I left out I've just remembered this he says because we're getting stronger or something oh, like boy. that. So you know I think it's part of like look we're just pissing these people off so let well, them so wear it and there's make them a mad. certain cold satan logic in there that's like you know, it's true because people throw the racist accusation out as a conversation ender. Right. Sometimes when yeah, it's not totally. necessarily merited. And like mm-hmm. the minute you label someone with that, like the conversation's over. So he's saying they're we've illegitimate looked, right. now. So I could see how someone coming from his point of view might take that angle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The next one was Goldman Sachs and other places gave him $60 million for his gold farming in World of Warcraft. That's true. He was big into what World of Warcraft. Fuck? What the fuck? And that's like what they're saying in this book is that kind of all of these things he's done with entertainment, the stuff on the internet with Warcraft. Yeah. Like he was like perfectly positioned at the right place, right time for Donald Trump's campaign because it's like he leveraged the angry oh, weirdos on the God. internet. Yeah, you're to right. like spread the message, you know? So like he saw in the early 2000s like oh there's a bunch of like angry disaffected white youth who are playing these games and creating like free advertisement in the form of memes and shit like that wow i mean this is why i say i don't think he's dumb no he's not dumb he's got a real ear to the ground and a nose to the bourbon barrel of uh (laughs) of uh angry white internet culture so he did say all that stuff about uh milo and paul and yeah and he called Richard Spencer a goober. Um, supposedly, he hasn't had a drink since 1998. And his, Dubi- his fashion choice of wearing three shirts, some, one of his friends did say that Steve himself refers to that as beach fashion. I had forgot about that one. That's true? Yeah. I thought that was just some classic Michael like, and no, and they said, <laughs> humor right there. And they said he never wears one shirt. Never one. Never. And he never wears just two shirts. <laughs> it's so it's always three or more. Yeah. Three and up. What the fuck is going on with this guy? Yeah, I'll post a picture on like our Instagram or whatever, Twitter, of look. all the shirts popping out. Like here, look at this um, on his Wikipedia, just right there. Oh you can God. clearly see at least, at least three, three shirts. And these are just shirts. These aren't, it's not like he's layered for winter or no, something. No, but it's sometimes just... he'll wear a black button down with another black button down on top of it. And you can just see all these colors. What's with the doubling up of buttons that like, look, I understand some people wear an undershirt, a dress shirt, and a jacket. That's kind of standard behavior. But three button downs yeah. is like maniac level. Like, how are you comfortable? I know. It's like, I love how they talk about geniuses like Albert Einstein. It's like he had a closet full of one suit because he never <laughs> wanted to choose what he was going to wear because he has too much to think about. There's a certain logic in that. And like Steve Jobs just has black turtlenecks and jeans, you know? Well, I will say that Steve so- Bannon has 4,000 black button ups in his fucking... <laughs> Maybe that means he's three oh, times man. the genius of all these people. He must clearly be. He definitely dances on on the line between madness and genius holy shit i'm blown away by that (laughs) all of that's true i don't even know which one to be most amazed by i guess it's probably the world maybe the warcraft Warcraft fashion because it's like 
of all the things he's juggling in his life, how does he have time to like dig into World of Warcraft? You know what? <clears throat> I'm thinking of this now. He, I've met people like this. Like this guy seems to have a real refusal to just have a normal job or career. Like yeah. there's always a scheme or he's an a angle. go-getter. Like someone's always got to be getting a little ripped off when he makes his money. Mm-hmm. Like there's got to be a Chinese Warcraft farm. Well, it's like he convinced people that. This gold in this game is just like any currency. Like, people need to buy it, and they're selling it in this game, and people want it really bad. And you got these rich white kids with money in America who can't spend fucking 20 hours a day farming gold in Warcraft, so they'll buy it from, you know, other characters or something. I don't really know how the game works. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like... It's just amazing to me that some guy who's in his 60s knows more about this and is. But that's like, I think... People in the like in that game, The Sims, people will create like here's a bar that like I've programmed, and now you can buy this bar. Get from your me. avatar drunk. Get your avatar to buy a bar for real fucking money to place it in your Sims universe. Yeah, there's a whole weird. I've never understood any of this. But what's strange about video games is like that sort of stuff has taken over. Where like now even real video games that they sell, like these AAA titles, yeah. that are sixty dollars. They're like a quarter of a game or what a game used to be. Like now they're like, well, if you want to have a different cowboy hat on, it's Mm -hmm. 10 bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing is this guy's are kind of a real trailblazer. Like he sees this shit. I can't take that away from him. He's really got a weird eye for. Same with the valuing. The the valuing of movie companies. Like he found out these like weird ways of like making tons of fucking money. What's crazy about like the people like him and Trump that are able to put so much energy into the art of the ripoff or the art of the sly, like weird way of making money. Like they're clever enough to put this shit together and get people to believe in it. Why can't they do something that's actually good mm-hmm. instead of just like this weird schemey, scammy shit? I know. Is it just not as exciting to be like, I want to figure out a scheme to get clean water? I mean, for the Africa. thing is, <laughs> I don't like with Trump, I don't think he has much else going for him. And, like, that's why it's like, I mean, it's like, I guess he tried to create a steak company and a vodka company, but that's not really trying anything new, right? That's just saying, like, I'm going to buy Kirkland vodka yeah. and brand it as Trump vodka. Yeah. So he's he has nothing else going on. He has his name, and that's it. And yes. Like, he didn't create that, nothing. Well, it's like I said. He's, but Steve he's, Bannon is, he wants to get like he wants to accomplish stuff and he wants to be like a renaissance man yes. and he wants to dip his toes into as many things as he can and dip become his really little yellow toenails <laughs> into as many pools his as cloven he... <laughs> hooves right into a fucking his cloven hooves <laughs> just dip your little cloven hoof right in there and see how the water temp is for you no you're right i think that's uh in fact you know what i think we're coming up on sum them up time wise alone but yeah, it sounds like we're, we're about to sum them all right Come on now, some of my boys. Come on now, get. Come on, some of my now. You know what's funny to me is like um, these absurd theme songs and jingles of ours are now becoming ordinary. Like, we just listen through them and we're like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. There's nothing funny about them anymore. Yeah, well, audience, if you feel that way, please tweet at us. Yeah, we'll update. This is probably the wrong time to do a call to action, but guys, I was thinking. We're doing pretty good. Like, I'm really impressed with how the podcast is kind of taking off and getting more listeners. And mm-hmm. I think the key is just, like, tell your friends. Tell yeah, your parents. Talk. That's the only way it works to keep it going is you have to tell your friends because 
Sean and I, we're not going to start advertising yet. We don't do that. And I don't want to tell your friends. I don't have Steve Bannon World of Warcraft gold money. No. But, like, you know, if you want us to keep filling your ears with garbage, then you got to spread it. And I mean, it's... we will anyway. <laughs> so, but <laughs> don't worry. Sean and I would just appreciate it more if you yeah. told people. Tell people, like us, share. Reviews on the iTunes store always help. And, you know, like people have been have been clearly sharing it and doing it, and it's growing. It's growing more than I thought it would, and that's great. And we just got to keep it going, people. So if you're a new listener and you liked hearing us bitch and moan this whole time... <laughs> About Steve Bannon If you like the swirl of wine in our glass and you can... Almost smell our breath. And if you your... <laughs> want, if you want new jingles too, yeah, please. If you got a knack for the or a jack for the, what is it? Jack for the ningles. That's what it is. If you've got a jack for the ningles, let us know. <laughs> and uh, I guess either we'll make one or maybe you can. <laughs> um, so that that sum them up jingle made me think. Do you think someone like Steve Bannon wants to be like a cowboy? I think he's one of these people that probably like thinks about being a cowboy a lot. Yeah, like I could picture him going. I think I, I could picture him dressing up and going to a rodeo, but like not being involved in it. But he seems kind of like a cosplay kind of guy. Oh, totally. Well, you actually mentioned something earlier that I wanted to touch on, but we got carried away with something else, which is like he wants France to be French again, and he wants America to be American again. And I think this guy harkens back to like some specific moment in time probably in the late 1800s no he does you know and and that's like why he's obsessed with the decline of white western civilization in his view no so there that woman marie le pen right Mm -hmm. who was running in france she's like part of the french national movement Mm -hmm. and he said this is like medieval france and this is great (laughs) so it's like he is all he's about the medieval times when Christianity was spreading right. and like the Spanish inquisition was like wiping out Muslims and Jews and stuff. Right. But it's funny. It's like, it's like, you know, when you hear black comedians talk about like everyone harkens back to these good old days, but if you're a black person in America, like why the fuck would you want to go back to the twenties? Like there's yeah. nothing great about that. Also, why would a white person want to go back to the twenties? Like yeah, in the polio, midst of the Great like, Depression. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, what like no one had any money. Was Disease it great was in the rampant. Was it great in the forties when we were knee deep in fucking World War Two? Yeah, you had a one in four chance of being shot on foreign <laughs> yeah. soil for some weird war. Like, I, I think it's history always looks better in hindsight, especially for the people who have come out on top. No, and it also looks better when you think the world was Andy Griffith or Happy Days or something like that. Right, when you're like kind of cherry picking the best parts of that stuff and you forget about all the medical advancements, all the civil rights advancements that, to be honest, you know, as a white person, it wouldn't have been much different for you yeah. or I probably, but for a huge portion of humanity who are just as much people as <laughs> we know. are like maybe it wasn't so hot so when steve bannon and donald trump talk about making it great again like it used to be that's a code word and we all know yeah. what it means um and the thing is it's like, a real high-pitched sound yeah coming one out. might call it a dog whistle and you know i just think it's kind of fucking silly yeah. Like you really want for, for, you're, he wants like France to be his weird childhood idea of like Napoleonic France or something no and all these guys none of the benefits or whatever they think it is come down to them they just like being these chess players or they he, yeah. he likes doing his World of Warcraft thing he, it's like to a lot of these people it's just a game none of these things affect them ever no like the tax structure makes them richer you yeah. know like any changes to healthcare or crime or anything has no effect on these people at all. 
Yeah, and for someone like Steve Bannon, who's made his, and Trump too, made his mark on like manipulating systems to his own benefit, what better scheme could there be than to manipulate the entire American system right. of government to yeah. benefit him and There's way. nowhere else to move after that, right? That's it's what like, gives him a boner. Yeah. Yeah. That's like you'll get these creepy guys who are mayors of like Vernon, California or something to make a ton of money <laughs> right. off of like weird like shipping container sales and yeah, sales or that's something. That's exactly, exactly. But it's like there's like there you can help people out. You don't have to be a total piece of shit. Well, that's, I think, where the difference comes in. It's, it's like, You could be Paul Newman. I don't think any of us deny that a lot of politicians find ways to benefit either them or their constituents through the administrative office they hold. But I think at the end of the day, it's like, are you at least going to pay some sort of service to doing your job and serving the rest of the community? Like, I don't have a problem with a mayor somehow making a million dollars on the slide. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're making sure you're taking care of the city while mm-hmm. you're doing this and, like, things aren't falling under the table, fine, dude. Like, that's just part of the mayor package. I don't see that with these guys. Yeah, and don't be so fucking brazen about it. don't be so brazen. Like, up. at least pay some sort of attention to... Well, at least keep the, the facade image. of the uh, American value, I- like, ideals, right? Exactly. Like, at least just lie to me when you fuck me well, in the like ass. it's like we talked about Bush. It's like, okay, you might want to go start a couple wars and just go completely nuts, but at least you got on the microphone and told everyone to, like, be civil. Uh-huh. And... For what it's worth, you know, at that time, I think maybe we would have laughed about it and called him a moron. But through the in the sober light of day of a Trump administration, I think, um, man, I fucking wish for those days to come back. I know. I can't even imagine myself saying, like, <laughs> because I, I remember, like, being in high school during George Bush and just, like, the fucking outrage about that guy. And the fact that, like, we can sit here and be like... I know, but like, wasn't that kind of nice? <laughs> I would trade it in a heartbeat. This guy has so like has shit on the flowers. I would trade it right back. Well, yeah, it's like it's like the difference between having a president who you don't agree with and you think is kind of an a hole, and having a president who is a nude, raving lunatic. Yeah, running around with his tiny little hog swinging <laughs> his tiny little baby hog. <laughs> I think that counts as a sum up, right? I guess so. I mean, just to make it clear, I don't think we like Steve Bannon. No, I don't like him. I think we could sum him up as a a manipulative shyster. I guess I respect his ingenuity, but it's also do you should you respect it when you're just tricking dumb fucks? Yeah, these aren't he's not really pulling the wool over anyone's eyes who is it's it like, hard to pull the wool over. It shouldn't be like I could easily steal money from a 12-year-old. Exactly. It doesn't make me a genius for getting rich, like, robbing children. That's right. Well, he's the difference between Dick Cheney, who would be, like, a bigamist and tricks multiple adults into being his wife Mm -hmm. and, like, screwing them, versus a common pedophile who's just preying on children. So, Steve Bannon, you're a common pedophile. You are a common pedophile, figuratively speaking, for legal reasons. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess that's our sum up. You know, oh, there's one more thing I wanted to say. I know that we've been sort of more or less keeping track of our love to hate Stevens and our love to love Stevens. So Steven Seagal, we don't like, but I think we love to hate him. Mm -hmm. Steve Bannon, I wish you never crossed my radar. I know. I don't even... You're not even fun to hate. I don't like... I know. He falls into neither category. Yeah, like, like I hate you and I don't love to hate you. I just don't like you. I don't see you through a better light after doing research on you. I just have a more well-rounded view of what a piece of shit you are. Well said. Well, everyone, I think that's been our talk about Steven. Don't stop the Steven. 